Hello, and welcome to the Highly Functional Female Podcast. I am your host, Arlene Scholten, chiropractor and mother of three. I am obsessed with all things to keep us physically and mentally strong, biohacking this aging thing and living sustainably. I interview amazing and inspiring women on health tips and biohacks. Ladies, we can do this. Life is a journey and let's enjoy it. Welcome everyone to the podcast today and today I'm really excited to have um, a good friend of mine on with us today and her name is Jules Wyman and Jules is a confidence coach and speaker so today is all going to be about confidence how to improve it where it comes from and just digging deep into that topic so tell you a little bit about this amazing woman um, so she's a woman who dreams of being out of a job so um, not like most people right now but not so she can spend uh, all day watching Real Housewives uh, in a onesie but because she believes that only when confidence coaching is no longer needed will it mean people are enjoying genuinely fulfilling lives so until then she's on a mission as the confidence coach to help people have trust and faith in themselves and to replace meaningless quick fixes with authentic living. Her clients end up going for what they really want in life from changing careers to changing countries. And as you'll discover today, Jules walks her talk. So she's become one of the UK's top coaches in this field by following her own path to authentic confidence, as well as spending thousands of hours studying self-belief and the human brain. Um, so she's going to share all her knowledge with us today, which is really, really exciting. So welcome, Jules, and thank you very much for your time. Thank you for inviting me, Arlene. Absolutely. So I think you are one of the first people I met in this country. So it was probably, I met you in 2006, 2007. So, wow. Uh, yeah. So I've known you for a long time. Haven't seen you for a while, but <laughs> <laughs> nice to see you, even though it's on a, on a camera. But um, so let's dive in. Um, so really tell us a little bit, what got you into confidence coaching? Because you've been doing this for a while now. And I know that, you know, your name is, um, you know, you've grown in popularity and you, you're, you know, a keynote speaker for many events and um, well, you're obviously, you know, your stuff. So tell us a little bit, first of all, what got you into this, into this field? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, so I've been doing this for 15 years and it's not something I set out to do. I actually worked for 10 years as a stage manager in both theatre and TV. Um, I kind of was getting a bit fed up with the work anyway and how people were being treated there. Um, but also was not in a great headspace for myself. So I suppose what would be categorized now as having mental health issues, but not really realizing it at the time. And my coping mechanisms were drugs, alcohol, junk food, and crap relationships. Um, not something that I would recommend to anybody. Um, and I left the theater at, at one of my lowest points, really having um, attempted to take my own life earlier that year and extremely grateful that I didn't really know what I was doing and so therefore um, managed to survive it which not everybody does um, but it kind of put me on a path of wanting to and no, knowing that I needed to and couldn't carry on the way that I was so it was initially sent for counseling which works for some people didn't work for me and then somebody introduced me to coaching and so I went and had some coaching sessions, again, purely about helping me to get better and find different ways of being and started to learn a lot about myself. And at some point, right near the beginning of my coaching, my coach said to me, have you been reading a load of books since I saw you last and, you know, been learning how to coach? And I was like, no, why would I do that? It's your job to fix me, which was my perception at the time. Um, why do you ask? And he said, well, it's just that you've actually been coaching me for the last 10 minutes. 
I was like, oh, and he said, I really think you should look into this. So I did, ended up studying it, but again, still no intention of, of running a business and certainly not focusing on confidence. I didn't have any, so why <laughs> would I focus in on that? Um, and then um, as you're going through the coaching process, like with, with many modalities, when you're training, you need to have case studies so that you can learn and get advice from your supervisor, et cetera. And my case studies started referring me on to other people. So I started getting these phone calls, you know, can I book in a coaching session with you? And it was a bit like, what do you mean? I get, I get to charge for this, but this is like easy. I'm, I'm enjoying this. I mean, I can do something and really enjoy it in this way. And then cut to 2005 where I thought I better actually, um, you know, register this as a business and see what happens. Still didn't really, well, I certainly didn't know what I was doing. Um, and just kind of dived in really started going networking, which is, I think where I met you. Um, and yeah, here I am 15 years later and loving it more and more and more every single year. And I focused in on confidence specifically for two reasons. One, I noticed that at the end of most, um, conversations that I was having with clients initially that they were talking about, I've now, I feel like I've now got the confidence to. Okay. whatever it was they were saying that they didn't so and it I kind of fluffed up my feathers thinking oh look at me aren't I great I'm giving them confidence which is how I perceived it at the time um but also I went to a networking event and as it was going around the room it was like hi I'm an accountant hi I'm a lawyer hi I'm a I'm a um I'm a life coach hi I'm an accountant hi I'm a lawyer hi I'm a life coach and as it went around the room um I was just like oh god I need to stand out some way because it was just this really repetitive so unfortunately we all end up switching off when those sorts of things happen and as it came around to me I introduced myself and heard the word confidence coach come out of my mouth and I was like oh quite like that that sounds good nice I better do some research around what it is <laughs> and so that sort of like started my journey really and and pretty much obsession yeah around confidence awesome so I guess what we want to talk about today is um uh as this podcast is more for, you know, it's for women kind of 25 to 55, 60. Um, also like everyone's had a knock in life. Like if you haven't, I think you're kind of incredibly lucky, but actually sometimes those knocks are actually what um, make us dig deep. And actually without some of those knocks, we wouldn't be the people we are today. Um, mm -hmm. I think we learn a lot from those setbacks, whether maybe it could be abuse, it could be, you know, relationship breakdown, divorce, um, something even more traumatic sometimes. But um, I guess one of the things I want to get across is that, you know, women, we can get through them um, and, you know, something better could be at the other end and actually even just getting to know yourself a little bit more in terms mm. of how strong we are and what we are capable of achieving and what we are able to get through. Because um, I think even right now we're in the middle of like second lockdown um, and it's also trying to make sure that we're, although the situations are very, very difficult and some incredibly difficult as they lose their livelihoods, um, you know, it's, we, if we got a little bit of confidence and self-assurance, we can kind of get through it and build something that's maybe even more, more wonderful than it was before. Um, so I guess one of the things I want to talk about is a little bit like, what is confidence and like, where does it come from? If we feel that we're at like at a low ebb, um, if we've had our confidence knocked from a situation, can it be rebuilt and how do we do that? It's like, what are some tips that we can use? how many hours have you got <laughs> and <Where> go <laughs> so the, the first thing that popped into my head when you were talking then was a quote and I can't attribute it to somebody because I don't actually know where it originates from but it's it jumped into my head and so I'll share it which is when you dig deep in your soul 
you never come up empty handed. And I think that's so true. And I got goosebumps saying it again, because I think, you know, I've been through divorce. I've been in massive debt. I've, you know, I've uh, lost a friend um, to suicide, um, had a friend die suddenly of cancer. Um, Parents have died, you know, so many things. And, And I think when we talk about trauma, and how they impact people or those significant things, it's all relative because what might be big for one person may not be for another. And I think one of the things that we as women do, which we need to stop because it's, it genuinely is a confidence killer and that's comparing. Comparison is a confidence killer. And that, that comparison of, well, you know, I'm only dealing with X and they're dealing with Y and it's so much better and they look great as they're going through it. It's just not helpful. It's absolutely not helpful to do. And as women, you know, yeah, but you know, look how glorious she is as she's turning up at the school gates or yeah, but she's doing this. Stop, just stop because that's only going to erode your confidence. Um, so I think that's, that's important. And I think the culture of women attacking women is appalling um, and we do it on so many levels. You know, we, we, you know, we make other women wrong because fill in the blank. Yeah. You know, whether it's be to do with the way they dress, the way they, they cook, the way they take care of the kids, the way their hair is that morning. It, and it just needs to stop. So comparison to me is one of the first things that okay. with what we're saying there just needs to be addressed and recognized. But so confidence Confidence, if you take it back to its root derivation, it comes from two Latin words. Now, whenever I do work and I've got a global audience in front of me, I ask them to check this in their own language. And I haven't yet found a language where this isn't true. Okay. So um, even, I even attempted some, to learn um, Norwegian when I was in Oslo at a conference. And even they agreed with me. It literally translates. I've had French and Belgium say it literally translates the Greek, so on and so forth. So um, confidence, when you take it back to its Latin, it means confidere. Con meaning with, fidere meaning faith or trust. So really and truly when we're talking about confidence, what we're really talking about is trust. Now what happens for the majority of people is when they start talking about trust is there's an expectation attached. You know, well, I will trust if and when X happens. If I get the right outcome, then I'll trust myself. Or if I look perfect or I achieve it and get the top grades or get the guy or get the house or then I will trust myself. And confidence is an inside job. It has to be about how we perceive ourselves and what's going on for us, which is why it can seem like a fickle friend, you know, that's here one minute and gone the next because we can... You know, I, I've had clients when, uh, or prospects rather, that will phone and, and start talking about, oh, I just need a confidence boost. That's why I need to come and see you. And, and I'll be like, do you know what? Don't worry about it. I'll give you that for free right now. You are way more amazing than you're giving yourself credit for. You're far more beautiful than you give yourself credit for. You're nowhere near as fat as you think you are. You are doing the very best you can in your work in, as a parent, as a relative, in whatever capacity. You are amazing. And I can guarantee I've done this at conferences now and you'll see these beaming faces and everyone's like that. And I'm like, yeah. And how long will that last? Yeah. And everyone's like, well, until somebody says something. And it's like, actually, no, it will last until you think something about yourself. So confidence, it is, confidence it is internal. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's what your thinking mind does. And your thinking mind is constantly describing you in relation to 
Mm -hmm. So relation to the outside world and what's going on, it's making up the meaning based on algorithms that we decided before we were seven years old. Yeah. Would you let a seven-year-old in charge of your life? No. <laughs> so stop it, <laughs> basically. Um, and so I think when it comes to la the language around it is very important. People will often say, well, I've lost confidence or I've had a confidence knock or I'm having a confidence crisis, which I'm I obviously this year have been seeing a great deal of. And I think it's about understanding you in real terms, you're not. Confidence is about being able to access. You're looking to access confidence and experience confidence because my um, analogy is that confidence is like the sun. It's always there. Even on a cloudy day, we know and we trust that the sun is always there. Even at nighttime, we know that the sun is always there. We just can't see it because something has moved. We're looking in a different direction. There's clouds in the way and confidence is exactly the same. It's normal it's, to ebb and flow then. Absolutely, absolutely. Because that's what we've got is we've got that ebb and we've got a weather, internal weather system that is in one minute going, oh, look, I got all that right and that was brilliant. Oh, my confidence has gone ping up to a level 10. And then someone doesn't open a door or we open a door for someone and they don't say thank you or they cut in front of us in traffic or our boss doesn't you know, acknowledge us at a meeting or the kids tell us to pee off or whatever, whatever happens and we just go, oh, that's because I am. And that's when that rant starts happening and the, the level starts dropping down. So really for me, the, the process is, is around first and foremost, when you can recognize that your confidence is always there, yeah. And, um, and there's loads of, loads of exercises that, that you can do around that. That's when you can then start to address, well, what's getting in the way? If I know that it's there, what's getting in the way right now? So linking this back into what you were saying about when, when those tough times happen and it's really, really hard to you know, stay motivated and believe in yourself and trust that you're going to find a way through. Something that I will always encourage clients to do is think back to in, in however old you are, at least the last decade, and think of the times when the has really hit the fan in yeah. whatever, whatever that means for you at that moment in time. So think of those experiences, be it divorce, be it a job loss, redundancy, relationship breakup, illness, doesn't matter. But think of all those times and just make a list of, of what happened and how you got through that. Yeah. Because my assumption is that if you're listening to this podcast, then you will have got through it. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast, right? So therefore, you know that even when times are tough, you have found a way through. And what I notice with clients is it doesn't matter how many times and who I ask and what their background is or education or financial level, is the same answer comes up over and over again, which is I always find a way. So when there's a will, there is a way. Exactly. And, and when, we can, when we can tap into that, so it's that moment of, I remember I was saying to you before we hit record about me being ill in 2018 and 19. All I ever said to myself was, I just need to find a way through the next half an hour. And then once I've got through that half an hour, I just need to find my way through the next half an hour. And that was it. Yeah, just overwhelmed sometimes. Yeah. And I think we, we again, as women, we have this whole perfection thing and that we also have a dialogue that what's going on right now is forever. Whatever it is, especially when we experience heartbreak, it's going to be like this forever. No, it's not. It's going to pass yeah. at yeah. some point. 
So I think just by tapping onto, I only need to deal with the next little bit and that manageable chunk can vary depending on the person. And then once I've done that, then we then look at it again. Right. And that's what then keeps you moving. And I think not holding the expectation for you to get it right, be perfect um, and, and, and look glamorous throughout the whole thing. Take all that expectation. Yeah. Sorry, it's interesting what you're saying about that attachment to the outcome. And I think uh, it'd be interesting to hear your perspective on it as well. But I think sometimes when you're launching something or when you're starting a new business, as many kind of women in their 30s, 40s, post kids, or they want a career change, will start doing even you know, in their 50s even. Um, and they start, I'm going to do something. But, you know, it's hard not to have the attachment to the outcome. And how many times are you going to try um, and I guess, quote unquote, fail um, before you kind of give up. And so it's how do you get through that scenario? Then it's um, because obviously when you're trying to set something up or do something or um, and there's constant setbacks, how do we trust, I guess, and have that self-confidence that actually it could happen? I guess it's a little bit like J.K. Rowling, you know, she was. Yeah, totally. But, um, I think she tried 12 times to get her book published before um, before somebody accepted it. And uh, I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of um, examples like that. But um, yeah, how do we just keep going? How do you, and like you well, mentioned I think, motivation earlier, but motivation isn't always there. So how do we? Well, I, th well, I think the, the thing with motivation is that people have this misnomer that they have to wait for motivation to do something. Mm -hmm. That's utter twaddle technical term but I'm sure you get it. But, it but it's just not it's just not true you need to do something and then the motivation comes yeah so for example um for me I'm not a lover of home care or housework as many people call it but I call it home care but I will I will do okay so what's the smallest thing that I know that I can do that that will be okay and I can guarantee you, it's just a trick every single time I'll be like well I'll just put a wash on and I put that wash on and then I'm like, actually, I'll just clean that. Actually, I'll just do, and then I'll just do, and before I know it, I've done the house. Mm. And that to me is, is that when we get caught on it, when I'm motivated, then I will. You're off to a hiding first and foremost. Yeah. There. It's just, yeah. not, it's yeah. never, ever going to work. It's the, it's the wrong way around of looking at it. Yeah. And also a languaging thing around setback. Why is it a setback and not a set forward? Because if you think about it, right, you know, I know it's a cliche um, phrase that's used but with Thomas Edison and how many times he failed as it's dialogued in the way that in creating the light bulb when in actual fact he was asked about it and he said no I just found x number of ways of not to do it until I found the way to do it so I think going back to your question uh, about expectations and having an attachment to that have an attachment if that's the right word to learning you know a few years ago now, I have a, I have a friend and we, we have this um, working relationship of doing projects and things together. And she's fantastic at pushing back whenever I, go, whenever I find myself in that, oh my gosh, is this going to work? And she just looks at me and she just goes, Jules, it's just an experiment, remember? And I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> and the moment I do that, I'm like, it's just an experiment. I'm still doing the same stuff. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, there is a part of me, it's like, yes, I would love X, but if I'm hankering, it's like, it's like you're then gripping onto that, that cup and it's like, I can't let go, I can't let go. And it's, that's when, if you think of how much tension we physically create and therefore then energetically create. Yeah. And, and it, I often use dating as an analogy. You know, we've all been in that situation where someone comes over and they start chatting us up or even if it's in an inappropriate situation, but you can smell the desperation. 
<laughs> do you know what I mean? You can kind of smell that kind of like, you know, they, they would say this to anybody because they're that desperate to go out on a date with somebody. And we can get like that when we're hankering after a specific outcome rather than when we take all the actions required and be, you know, and let that go and go, I'm, I'm making sure all my, all my ducks are in a row. Yeah. And I'm letting go because how do we know when we hold on to X as being that has to, the outcome has to be X. How do we know that something else even more amazing is not possible? Yeah. And if we're only guided in that direction, then actually we could be underselling ourselves. Yeah. You know, if you'd have, if you'd have said to me that, um, just this week alone, that um, I would have an inquiry from the Department of Justice, Nestle, um, who else was it? I've got a big women's network thing and there's somebody else, I can't remember the, who the fourth one is, that would come in. I would have just gone, oh my God, I, I, can't, I can't get that, that kind of referral. Well, I haven't been trying to get that referral. I've been just been doing the work. Yeah. And I trust that the right people and the right work is going to show up for me. And it's going to provide me what I'm looking for. And I'm just going to keep showing up because it's great fun. <laughs> I know you love what you do, which is I do. Yeah. yeah. But here's one for you. So obviously I've heard before, you know, you can't be creative and in fear and worry at the same time. The brain just can't, you can't grow and hold back and be fearful at the same time. So one thing's obviously the way the human brain is kind of evolved is actually to detect fear. Um, and so I guess back in evolutionary, you know, as we were evolving as humans, it was so that, you know, if there was a tiger there, you know, your body would go into fight or flight and things like creativity and drive and things like that are just, um, they kind of go out the window, if you like, because you're mm -hmm. in fight or flight, you need to actually survive. So you, the brain is actually designed to go into that survival mechanism. So as we, as women are, you know, try maybe some new project or, um, you know, just even just self-development. Um, but it's scary because it's outside of our comfort zone, but yet our, it's like that monkey mind, isn't that monkey brain is telling us, no, 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 don't go there. So actually we are almost wired to stop rather than go forward. So, so let's, yeah. So let's, let's first of all, make a distinction there because you're absolutely correct that the primal mind is primed to look out for that tiger and tell us what to do. Mm -hmm. But there is a big difference between primal fear and psychological fear. And that's where people need to start recognizing the difference because the rational primal... brain comes in. <laughs> well, well, no, no, no. So, so um, the, the, the primal mind is that automatic stuff that is about, it's purely about survival. It's purely about keeping, keeping you alive, but that will only be the primal, the, the psychological mind sits on top of the primal mind, not literally, but yeah. that's kind of like the, the, the process. So the psychological mind can override. So the example I always use is a coach who was um, delivering um, some work for a live TV show and he was going to be doing lots of NLP processes for people to deal with phobias. And um, so he sat in the studio with these three people and they're hooked up to heart monitors. He's calmed them down. Obviously, they're in a different environment. So he's got them all calmed down. In front of them is a, is a table. And the floor manager brings out these clear empty boxes, puts one down on each of the, the, the three people and just says, you know, and their heart rates stay the same. And then says, obviously when these get brought out this evening, then that one's gonna have the snake in it, that one will have the rat in it, that one will have the spider in it. And their heart rates, all three of them started to shoot up. And in that moment, Michael realized, hang on a second, they can't be afraid of the rat, spider and snake because there is no rat, spider and snake. So what they're actually afraid of is what they think. It's the yes. thinking yeah. that's the fear. It's not the actual thing. 
So they are, that's two completely different things. So if I'm in a room with, a, with when I was in Australia a couple of years ago, you know, I was interacting with spiders that were the size of my hand or not interacting, I was avoiding them. <laughs> so my primal fear was kicking in. Yeah. Understandably, because it's going, are you safe? Let me get you safe. How can I keep you safe? But the psychological mind can then go into, um, oh my God, it's going to come in and it's going to crawl in my ear and it's going to eat my brain and it's going to have its babies and then I'm going to be producing them out of every orifice. And it goes into these kind of wild, crazy, catastrophizing. And it can do that about a noise it hears in the middle of the night or um, and someone's, the classic is someone's name popping up on your phone or in the inbox and it's like, <gasps> It's, it's, it's just actually just a piece of digital thing. It's not, it's yeah. not anything. So I, it's too long to go into it this, in this moment. But to me, the, the moment you can separate, the simplest thing that people can do is, and if you ever see me do this, then you'll know what's going on, is that I, I just take a look around and I, I literally will say, right, is there a tiger? Is there a gun? Is my life in danger? <laughs> no. Okay. So my amygdala can then slow down and I'm, I, I am okay. That's the, the first phrases I start saying to myself internally, I'm okay, I am safe. Yeah. I recognize there's all this other stuff kicking off, but it's not real, it's imagined, it's in my imagination. So then it's then about, okay, well, what can I do from that? That's when you can become pragmatic and start challenging the thinking that's being created. Yes, yeah. And dealing with things around that. And you mentioned something a moment ago as well in relation to that about the comfort zone and again, um, I don't call it the comfort zone anymore because what I've recognized is when I work with people and start talking about the comfort zone and then they tell me what's in their comfort zone. And then when I ask them about that, they're like, well, that's not particularly comfortable, actually. Why no. am I in? Yeah. What would and you call like, it? <laughs> I, call, I call it the known zone. Okay. Well, that's good. So, so because if you think about it, what's it, what's within there, you know, it's, it is literally just what we know. And, and for example, smoking could be in the comfort zone, but I don't think there's a smoker on this planet that knows it's not going to be causing them harm. Yeah. Same with drinking or junk food, you know, so they could be in that comfort zone, comfort food. Why do we call it comfort food? So, but we also know that it doesn't have a great impact on our bodies. So it's just known. And therefore, when we dialogue it that way, it gives us a shift in perception from the what's, because when I ask people, okay, well, if that's the comfort zone, what's outside? most people freeze and they go well it's the danger zone and it's like well exactly who's going to want to step into the danger zone if it's been dialogued in that way no one wants to go there but when you start talking about i'm going from the known zone to the unknown zone okay what from the known zone can i take with me into the unknown zone yeah okay and that's when you can start and actually what then happens before you've even literally stepped into the unknown zone the known zone grows because you realize that there's more that you can take into those other realms. So it becomes an easier way of managing it rather than triggering um, psychological fear. That's a good way to put it. So for women listening, they're probably thinking, okay, my next chapter in life, whatever that may be, um, what are some of the ways to go through that a little bit more confidently? Um, obviously, a lot of people are probably familiar with Mel Robbins. She talks about five, four, three, two, one rule and things like that. I mean, I've tried that hundreds of times. I think it's too long. I think I need like two, one. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> five seconds, I can seriously talk myself out of anything. Um, so it doesn't actually work for me. I know she's been incredibly successful with it. But um, any other tools um, for people, you know, they're you know, thinking about, okay, I'm going to do this thing that I'm really passionate about um, and it could change my life maybe, or it's just something that they're passionate about that they've been, um, you know, really excited to do, but actually just been fearful, possibly for a lot of women too. It's, um, 
kind of judgment for, from others, from our peers, they say is one of our biggest fears and one of the biggest things that holds us back is actually how others, especially our close peers, are going to perceive us. Um, and like you said earlier, <laughs> you know, probably judge us and um, I guess quantify how successful we are at different things and try sometimes to, to pull us down. Um, so how do we get to that confidence boost? And like you say, it's not motivation totally agree with you there it's like when i tell my patients you need to exercise and they say well i don't like exercise i'm like i don't care <laughs> don't care if you're not motivated your brain your body knows it's good for you so how do we get to that next chapter and kind of just go for the thing that we want to go for well i think first of all it's um my question would be um what's more important to you what others think of you or what you think of you because if you think about that, if I think you're going to judge me, I have to come I have to create that judgment in my head first. So I have to be thinking, well, Arlene thinks this about me. She thinks I'm like, you know, and I'm this and I'm that and da, da. So I have to be thinking it and believing it's true before I then project it onto you. So I'm already, my psychological fear is already on alert and going, oh, which then triggers my amygdala and I'm therefore then, well, I might as well get back to bed, right? Yeah. So first and foremost, we need to start thinking about, okay, well, how am, I, how am I perceiving myself in relation to whatever it is? And I think the best way is, is, is start to formulate, and it doesn't matter how well, I think a lot of the time we get caught up in, yeah, but I don't know how. Forget the how, just look at what it is that you want to do. And a great question is to start thinking about, well, what, for what purpose? What is the purpose for me, not anybody else, do yeah. I want to do this? And get clear on that. And I'm not talking about, it has to, I'm not talking about life's purpose because that's BS as well, but be thinking about your own personal purpose. What's your purpose for doing it? So for example, I launched my membership site this year and it's something that I've wanted to do for a gazillion years and for varying reasons, I haven't been able to do it. And then this year, everything fell into place. So I launched it in October and I know that with each step of the launch, both myself and my friend I was mentioning earlier, when we're talking about the experiment, she would say to me, you know, I'd say, I think I want to do this bit. And she'd go, okay, for what purpose? What's the purpose behind it? And the whole purpose behind the, the membership is about community. And so that we've got that environment to be able to support each other. And I think when we get clear on what our purpose is for whatever we want to do, whether it's baking a cake for somebody or whether it's making sure that the kids go off to a university or really doesn't matter, setting up a business and taking over the world, it, do, it doesn't matter. I don't care how big or how small because it's all relative. It's get clear on what's the purpose for you because I think that becomes a motivator. Yeah. Then I think it's important to find people that are going to be supportive. Now, you don't want people on your team that are going to go, you're brilliant, you're amazing, go for it, yeah, because that's just not helpful. Equally, you don't want people on your team that are going to go, that's crap, don't do that, because that's not helpful. Mm -hmm. You need someone that's going to have your back, but also going to call you out and challenge you. Now, obviously, you can do that from an informal perspective of having a friend or a colleague or you know, relative or somebody that, that could play that role. Um, but also you can do that from a professional perspective, whether that's a coach or a mentor of some description in order to be able to do that. And then I would say is then, the, and this is where the trust comes in, is about not looking to get from A to Z overnight. Wherever you are in your life right now, you did not get there overnight. The overnight success BS, it doesn't exist. Nobody, nobody on this planet has done anything overnight. Absolutely nobody. You know, so no one's run a marathon because they woke up one morning and went, oh, do you know what? I've never run in my life, but where's my trainers? I'm going to have a go. It just <laughs> I think that poorly, though. <laughs> <laughs> you, 
but do you know what I mean? We, you know, we have this mythology, this really misunderstandings around that stuff's going to happen that quick and it just doesn't. So be patient with yourself and trust. And that's when you start looking at the incremental steps. Okay, well, what would I need to make that happen? And if I don't know how to do that, how could I get the information? And what do I need to do? What could I trial out? Where can I experiment? What? And just keep taking, and, and honestly, if you took me back to when you and I first met and you showed me the me now, showed me the office that I've got, the kind of clients I'm working with, the sort of stuff I do, I'd been like bog-eyed at you going, oh, I can't do all of that. And I couldn't, I couldn't do all of that. And I'm pretty sure that whoever and however I am in, in another 15 years time, I'm not ready for that yet. Otherwise, whatever's there would be here. So I think it's been much kinder to ourselves in that whole process of recognizing you, you, can't, you can't run before you can walk. That Instagram all over. That we yeah. it's, um, I want it now. Yeah. <laughs> Shiny object syndrome really, isn't it? Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's the thing of, of I have a, um, a standing joke with the guys in the office next door about stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Stay focused on, not because you want to stay face and not crushing to anybody else, but I think we can get caught up, and especially in the prolificness of, of social media, of going, oh, that looks good. Maybe I should be doing that. Oh, no, hang on a second. That looks good. And before you know it, you're like, why, why did I set up this? Yeah. And that's why I love the question of for what purpose. Because so before you say yes to anything, signing up for a course, reading a book, yeah. starting a website, applying for a job, whatever, for what purpose for me? Yeah. And that purpose could be purely to earn enough money to pay my bills. And that is okay. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's absolutely okay. Not everybody has to change the world because that's rubbish. But it's true. It's, it's just, it drives me nuts. And it's one of the things that kind of gives me twitchy eye syndrome within this industry when it all goes about, it's all being about awesome and saving the world and finding your life's purpose. And I don't just don't believe that that's true. Yeah. And I like, really don't. Relative, isn't it? You know, some people yeah. just want to do the thing to actually, you know, pay for an extra holiday or something like that that's absolutely exactly exactly and I always you know one of the things I always say to every person I work with that is either setting up in business or wanting to do something on the side as a side hustle or whether they're looking to change careers it's like find out what your survival budget is yeah literally what it is that you need to pay the bills minimum and I'm not talking about sky and that sort of stuff get rid of that because that's not essential but get it down to the bare minimum. And once you know what that is, find something that covers that. Once yeah. you've got that covered, then you can springboard from there. Yeah. That's a very, yeah, that's a good thing. Cause then you've got the, I guess the confidence and you've got the, just the reassurance that actually exactly you, you can move forward. It may not be very yeah. for, my, for very long, but um, you know, yeah, you know exactly where you're at. Um, one of the things you keep coming up with, and um, when I was doing some research on confidence, is actually you just keep saying, just do the thing, do the thing, do the thing, like take the action steps, um, like just little increments, little increments. And I read a quote and it says, if you have a problem that can be solved with action, you don't have a problem, which I thought was really interesting. And I guess it's like, it's just sometimes you can be almost paralytic in fear and anxiety and worry. Um, like I've met so many people that are like, oh, I worry about this and I worry about that and I worry about that. But I guess as a chiropractor, we're also looking at kind of those neural pathways that are put down. So as we get older, I guess if we have grown up or if a child has grown up with anxiety, and I think a lot of kids now with COVID are, depending on what the narrative is at home, those anxiety pathways are set down from a younger age and then they become more 
I guess almost their personality when they're older, but you can still change it, can't you? Well, I would disagree that it's the personality. I think it's a trait that we've learned because right. I, you know, I've been working with a number of young people over the last few years that have been diagnosed as anxious. Yeah. And they have been told by various organizations that you just need to, you know, here's your coping mechanisms for life, to which it really does grind on me because every single one of those young people now do not experience anxiety in the way that they were before. But it's but it, no, but it's it, it's a languaging thing, and it, and I think that that we we it's like if people talk about anxiety or stress or depression, they say I am depressed or I am stressed or I I, I, I am anxious, yeah. and it's like no, you are not. It's mm. I am having a thought that is creating anxiety. Yeah, I am having a thought that creates stress. I am having a thought, and there's a wonderful study which I can't remember the reference for um, now. That, that showed that they, they gave a, a bunch of people that were um, diagnosed with depression and all they asked them to do was to use that statement, I am having a thought that I am depressed or I'm having a thought that I'm really sad. I'm having a thought this will never come to an end. And every single one of them started to, to make progress and step out of that space because they realized that it's not that this is who I am, yeah. it's this is something that is happening. You know, it's sunny today. I've got the day off tomorrow. I'm really hoping the weather's going to be like this, but I have no control over it. Yeah. So if it's absolutely teeming down of rain, what is the point in me stressing about it? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I know that it's going to change. I know that these things are changeable. Emotions are changeable. And I think that a lot of the time we've not been taught um, to understand that we have the capacity to change emotions. It's not emotions that change us. Mm. Change what you're thinking, you'll change the emotion every single time. You cannot have an emotion without thought. It's yeah. just impossible. You can have a feeling, emotion and feelings are different, big conversation. But anyway, I want to go back to what you just said a moment ago, because I, I think it might be helpful for people to latch on to, which is around the, the take action. And I love that quote that you, you just shared. If you've got a problem and you can take action, then you don't have a problem. Yeah. Is that, that my... When, I, when I've done talks in schools, I use the Nike phrase of just do it. Yeah. Um, I, and and, and I, I latch onto there, just do it, just review it, just repeat. Oh no, sorry, just do it, just, re uh, just review it, just learn from it, just repeat. Because then it, it's, it's recognizing, it, it, it's, it's about giving people the permission to make their most mistakes yeah. and recognize those mistakes aren't the end of the world. Yeah. That's where learning happens. You know, growth you show me a plant that has, you know, it, that doesn't have that force to come out of that seed and or bulb and that that must take effort and energy. They just don't have a psychology that goes, Oh, this is hard. I won't bother. <laughs> it's raining today. <laughs> right. It's raining today. I'm going to stay in the soil. It's warmer. Yeah, part of me. <laughs> right. And it's, it's the same with animals. You know, we've, we've grown up with this, this ridiculous notion that life should be easy. You show me a nature program that doesn't show something really crappy happened to an animal. Oh, and usually, usually yeah. a, a young one as well. And yet as human beings, we go, well, life should be easy. Why? I know. Yeah. Absolutely. I know. Somebody said yesterday too, they're like, look at nature. Like yeah. some eat their young, you know, it's like, exactly. Um, you know, there was one and there was, I can't remember which of the wonderful Attenborough programs it was in the last few years where um, some bird for, for safety gave birth to her babies up on this massive high cliff. So she's protecting the babies. Yeah. But once the babies are born, 
they have to throw themselves off the cliff to get down because they can't fly. You know, so, and some of those babies die and not a particularly pleasant death and some survive. And I think when we start to recognize that, that, oh, there's a quote that I had in my head there, you know, I can't remember it now. It's gone. Paramenopause. It's great. Um, (laughs) Love it. (laughs) (laughs) Memory memory of a goldfish. (laughs) <laughs> but it's it, but it is about recognizing that 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 there are tough times we're all going to go through tough times yeah, yeah. don't see them as an end point see them as a this is what's happening now and what do i need not what somebody else needs what do i need in order to find my way through this and even though it may you may perceive that your confidence has left the building i can guarantee you within five ten minutes of having a conversation that we can find something that can give you that light at the end of the tunnel. And I think that's what's so important. And especially in the year that we've had, I think that a lot of people are holding expectations that January 1st, everything's going to be back to normal and happy and clappy. And I think they might need to let go of that expectation. But anyway, um, but I think, you know, just hold on to those things, those small things and be grateful for those small things. I think that's what's important. I think if anything this year, it's really taught you to just... um like enjoy the small things in life, like don't sweat, Absolutely. The, don't sweat the small stuff. It's um, it, even just the walks, you know, for a while we were only allowed outside for an hour. So, you know, now that you can, it's just, it is just the little things. So hopefully there's a, a bit of a shift in the world after this uh, conscious shift, um, just for the small pleasures in life are quite amazing. And, you know, several decades ago, that's all people really had, you know, we weren't yeah. um, flying to the Maldives and you know, staying in luxury resorts and things like that. You did, they didn't have that to look forward to. So yeah, it is just the little things I think that um, it just gives us pleasure and um, just kind of figure out who we are actually through times like this. I think there's been a lot of reflection in the last, what is it? Nine, 10, 11 months now. Um, but yeah, just lots of reflection and how do you want to live and how do you want to go forward and what things are actually important to you, which is one of the reasons I started this podcast because it allowed me to connect with, um, you know, some quite inspiring, very inspiring women actually, and now I've continued doing it because I love it. Um, and I think, and I think that's important though, it, that, and that's the, you know, for what purpose is what, what do I want? And I think that the, the, these, these lives that are being broadcast out of on lifestyles that are being broadcast out. And, and, and this took me until I think about my 10th year in business to suddenly hit pause and go, hang on, I'm trying to create their business. That's not what I want. I want my business and stopping and going, okay, well, what's right for me? What do I want? And it's not that I can't learn from those other people because absolutely I can, but if I'm desperately trying to create my model based on their, you know, their, their side of things, then that's never going to fit with me. I need, I need, and that's, that to me is where the, where that, that kindness comes in and, and understanding for yourself, you know, okay, well that is what they're doing, but I, I, I want to do this for myself and my way for my family or whatever it may yeah, be. And it's not better, nor is it worse, you know, it's just, no, not at all. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, amazing. Any last words, Jules? It's been so great to meet you. I've coffee after all this craziness. But, um. Um, well, the, the only thing is that if anybody wants to get in contact with me, then um, feel free to stalk me on any social media platform. I'm on, well, other than the young, hip and trendy ones like Snapchat and TikTok. I don't go near them, but the, um, Twitter. TikTok dance. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, you're okay, thanks. Um, but Twitter and LinkedIn and Instagram and Facebook, if you put in Jules Wyman, you will probably find me. Jules Wyman on UK, Jules Wyman UK, if not. And also if anyone's interested when we reopen the doors in the spring for the membership site, um, then that's juleswyman.online forward slash evolve underscore confidence underscore closed. We will put that in the notes for you. Yeah, that'll be ace. Thank you very much. Everyone, I've known Jules for, well, well over 10 years now. And, you know, it's just been incredible to see. Yeah, like, obviously, I've met you in the beginning. I didn't realize you had just started, actually. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you've evolved immensely. And it's, yeah, I mean, you're very, very well known. So, Jules, for anyone, um, she's based in New York, but obviously now with Zoom and everything, you go everywhere. <laughs> um, but, yeah, she is located on the Shambles, uh, beautiful Shambles in New York is where her office is. But um, we'll put your links in there. So, anyone that wants to get in touch with uh, Jules and have some private work or um, your new membership, which is really exciting for you. So, congratulations with that. Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot, Jules. And I hope to see you face to face very soon. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Bye. Thank you.